Well, happy Wednesday to all of you again from me and my wife. And Graham, before we dropped him off with my parents, wanted you guys to know that he said, wah! Uh, so, but we do miss you guys uh, for real. And we hope that you're doing good, uh, that you're still in good health, not just physically, uh, but also spiritually as well. And we want to keep reminding you that's what we're here for. Please reach out to us and let us know if you have any needs or if you're struggling or if you just need somebody to talk to. Uh, if you feel like you're the only person on the face of the earth and you don't have any community, your community was this place and now it's been taken away from you and you're just that sad, poor individual sitting at home by yourself with nobody to talk to, we will be those people that you can talk to. So please reach out to us. We're still here for you guys. Even though we can't meet face-to-face, -face, uh, we can FaceTime or whatever we need to do to to communicate, to, to meet your needs, whatever they may be. So please reach out to us. We mean that in all seriousness. We're tired of talking to each other. We need to talk to you guys. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> I can't take much more quarantine uh, stuck in the house with my significant other. Even though I do love her, absolutely, with the fullness of my heart, I need a little bit of a buffer. I'm thankful to still have a job to go to, so I get a break. Hopefully we're not too far from seeing the end of this. Mm -hmm. But this afternoon we pick back up with episode two of our Life Lessons series we kicked off a couple of weeks ago uh, where we're sharing some things with you that if we had the chance, uh, we would go back to college and do a little bit differently. So last week we led off with the topic of priorities and I think that was a good place for us to start. And hopefully that discussion was beneficial uh, to you guys. Hopefully you gained some wisdom uh, from our mistakes, uh, from the things that we would do differently. And as we move into this week's topic, I feel like our discussion on priorities last week sets up this topic real well, which is time management. In this fast-paced, hair-on-fire type of world that we live in, I feel like a lot of people really struggle in this area of time management. You know, your college years, they're super busy. It's a super busy time of life. But let me bring you in on a little secret. It gets busier. Mm -hmm. uh, time only goes by faster once you get out of college, it's not going to get any better as far as your pace of life slowing down once you get out of college. It only gains speed. So me and Ashley want to share with you tonight what we spent our time in college on uh, specifically and then talk a little bit about how we might go back and adjust that if we could. What we've learned about time management in our few years here on this earth and our wisdom isn't much, uh, but what we have gained, we would like to share with you tonight considering this topic and then look at how ultimately Jesus managed his time. Because what better example to look for and no matter what it is uh, than Jesus. And so we're going to take a look at how Jesus managed his time and hopefully gain some advice from him and how we can make the most of our time here on the earth. So when it comes to what I spent my time on in college, mine's kind of broken up by different seasons of my life in college. So freshman year, I told you guys last week I was a cheerleader. Well, cheer practices were like two and a half to three and a half hours a day, like practice, workouts, running, all that good stuff. So obviously that took up a significant amount of my time every day outside of class. And between class and cheer practice and the daily naps that I took, there wasn't a whole lot of time for anything else because I literally took a nap, I think, every day of college. Enjoy the naps because you won't always have that luxury. But freshman year was primarily a lot of cheerleading, and I'm, I always focused a lot of time on studying. That was important to me. I wanted good grades, wanted to make the dean's list. So um, sophomore year, cheerleading was gone, but FIMU was there. So it was all about sorority life and spending time with my sisters and doing all the events and 
you know, going everywhere and getting the t-shirt and all the good stuff. So FAMU took up a whole lot of my time my sophomore year. Now, granted, a lot of that time was spent on relationships and friendships that were being built, and that wasn't a bad thing, but that was pretty much the primary thing that took up my time sophomore year. And then the remainder of my college years, um, I was in nursing school. So what do you think took up a lot of my time? Any guesses? Nursing school, because it's a lot of studying, it's clinical hours and class time and all kinds of time put into it. And you know that in any degree, but in nursing, it's a lot too, just like it is with the others. So, I mean, I did, I did make church a priority my junior and senior year. Wednesday nights were committed to... Wednesday night services here, and Sunday mornings and Sunday nights were committed to church services, but aside from that, it was just a lot of studying, and I mean, I hung out with friends, but that was what took up the bulk of my time. Yeah, so for me, you know, I spent the majority of my time really on just three things while in college, one being baseball, obviously, uh, the other one being class, and then the third thing that I would add in would be Ashley, uh, (laughs) while we were dating, you know, if I wasn't if I wasn't playing ball, if I wasn't at practice, if I wasn't in class, if I wasn't studying, then I was feeling what free time I had with her. Mm-hmm. And then on top of that, if I wasn't doing one of those three things, like she already mentioned, I was taking a nap because who doesn't love naps while they're in college? Like naps are one of those things you spend your whole life fighting as a kid. Like our biggest battle right now with Graham is just trying to get him to take a nap. And if he's anything like me as a kid, when he gets a little bit older, trying to get him to voluntarily take a nap as a kid, it's probably going to be a battle also because I hated taking naps as a kid. But there's something about when you get in college, any moment that you get, I don't care if it's five minutes, you're looking for a couch, you're looking for a car or something to go down and take a nap in. So if I wasn't doing one of those three things, that's what I was doing. I was sleeping. But, you know, in all seriousness, I would easily spend 60 to 70 hours a week just on baseball. And I know that seems like a lot. And some of y'all might be thinking, come on, Trey, that's – that's a little far-fetched, but if you take the time to add it up like me and one of my good buddies did while we were playing baseball, it makes a lot more sense because the time that's put into it between practice and then once you get into the season and you're actually playing games, not to mention the workouts that you have to do, the team meetings uh, that you have to be a part of, which if you play baseball at UNA, you do a lot of team meetings. And then on top of that, you add in the traveling from city to city and town to town uh, to go play these different teams it easily adds up to a minimal 60 to 70 hours a week. And as a result of those things, you know, I ended up cutting out friends. You know, I had friends on the team, but I had friends outside of my baseball buddies at UNA, but ultimately they got cut out of the picture just because I was so busy and focused on, on that one thing. Uh, my church time got cut out significantly as well. Now, in the fall, I would still make an effort to be here when I could, and it didn't interfere quite as much. Practice would run late sometimes on sun, on Wednesdays, uh, but for the most part, I could still make it to the service if I wanted to. Sundays weren't a big deal because we had Sundays off, but when the spring came around, we played every single Sunday. You know, So it wasn't an opportunity that I had to actually be a part of a church service on Sunday mornings unless we were playing in town and I could come to church before we had to be at the field that morning, but a lot of times I didn't have time to even do that. And then on top of that, you know, my spiritual, my personal spiritual time uh, got cut also, right? Because who has time? 60 to 70 hours a week uh, focusing in on a sport. Uh, Then you've got class time. You've got studying that you've got to do. You've got group projects. And then I had 
Ashley that I was spending all my other free time with, and she requires a lot in order for me to keep that relationship flourishing. I'm just kidding. I'm so high maintenance. She is super low maintenance. Um, but, you know, for me, those are all my excuses. Uh, once I had thrown all those things together, there was no time hardly for personal spiritual growth. And those things kind of took a back seat uh, while I was in college. And my spiritual life was, was there. It was present. Uh, but by no means was it thriving. Uh, by no means was it flourishing. And, you know, in reality, as busy as things were, though, I still had more time back then than what I admitted to at that time. So Trey forgot the most important thing that took up his time with baseball, and that's when he gets the call that you have to go put the tarp on the field because we would be on a date in the middle of eating, and he'd get the call. Or we would just sit down for a movie, and he'd get the call. So he forgot to, to factor that in. Um, as far as what I would have adjusted if I could go back and do college, differently time-wise that's what I'm on right okay making sure I'm not messing up his video <laughs> um I I think I would have definitely spent the time studying and you know took it took that seriously but I wish that I would have spent more time like Trey said with friends outside of cheerleading friends outside of the sorority because I had a bunch of high school friends we grew up in the city and so we our friends are a lot of them are still local and I just kind of let those friendships just fall to the side. I wish I would have taken those more seriously because I tried to pick some of those back up later and there were just years lost there that we could have been, you know, spending a lot of our free time together and helping each other through that season of life. And um, I wish that I would have taken my time at home a little more seriously, like with my family, because for a lot of you guys, this is maybe the last time you ever live at home with your parents or you may already not live with your parents and your family. You may live on your own and you may live on your own after college too and so like your time with them is kind of limited so I wish I would have done that differently and then like Trey said um, most importantly I did not take personal time with the Lord seriously I was all about the church stuff and I would go to the events and Wednesday nights were a priority but um, personal time I just didn't really consistently make time for it you know as I said earlier looking back I had more time on my hands than what I cared to admit at that time, and if I could go back and change the way that I chose to spend it, I wouldn't have cut out the time that I could have spent just hanging out and having fun. Uh, you know, I was, I've always been kind of a serious person. You know, people have constantly told me throughout my life, why don't you smile more? You know, you're just not a very happy person, are you? And it's not that I'm not a happy person, you know, it's, it's that I do kind of have a serious personality and I'm not a super big goofball. You know, I don't go out and do crazy things just for the fun of it. I don't act crazy uh, like some of my friends do uh, back then and currently as well. So I did take things kind of serious. But if I could go back, I would chill out a little bit. You know, I would take things a little less serious and have a little more fun. But I would spend more time on spiritual things. Uh, you know, I would have spent more time working on my own personal spiritual life. I would have spent more time... Uh, being at church when I had the opportunity. Trust me, there were plenty of times when I had opportunity to be at church, uh, but I didn't go because my schedule was so full of other things that I would use excuse of, well, I've got this coming up tomorrow. You know, I've done all this stuff today. I'm just tired. I'm worn out. Uh, I don't really want to go. I'd rather just stay home and rest uh, tonight. So looking back on it, if I had the opportunity to, to manage my time a little bit better, because you know, I always made time for practice. You always made time for games. 
always made time to, to do group projects, always made time to study. I always made time for Ashley, uh, regardless of how much other stuff I had going on. Uh, I promise you there wasn't going to be a time where I went three or four days without spending time with her. And yet a lot of us will go three or four days, weeks, or months without spending any time with God. Mm-hmm. So if I had the opportunity to go back, you know, I would take that opportunity to be more present spiritually, personally, and corporately at church. I would have gone on more mission trips that I had opportunities to go on. I would have taken advantage to community service projects that our church made available uh, for us to serve and for us to be a part of. I would have gone on some more conference-type trips uh, with our college group back then. You know, I, you guys have the opportunity to go to Passion with us year in and year out, uh, and we make that available to you. And that was something that we did even back when I was in college here at Underwood, but I never took advantage of it back then. You know, because I always played it off of I had something else to do. Well, I got baseball things to take care of, or I got class, or whatever. I'm just too tired. I don't have the time or the energy to spend on something like that. But I would change that if I could. I would go back and take advantage of those opportunities given the chance to. And so, you know, as we move into that, that's what we want to encourage you guys with as well. You know, don't let your college years roll by without taking advantage of the time that you have and the opportunities that are given to you here spiritually and that's our main focus with all this stuff is you know we can we can point to some other things but our main focus is going to be on the spiritual aspect of things when you have the opportunity to be here uh, when you have the opportunity to worship uh, be here and we know you're busy we know you're tired yeah. and we know that your schedules are full but if you're like us if you had to admit it you would probably realize you've got more time on your hands than what you even realize. And so, you know, there are some things that we have learned uh, throughout the years specifically about time management. And we want to share just a few of what those pointers are. And so the first one that we'll share with you is something that you've probably heard before, uh, but it is such a true statement. And it's the fact that people will make time to do the things that they want to do. Uh, No matter how crazy busy our schedules may be, we'll make time to do the things that we want to do. And it was like that for us in college. Uh, It's like that for us today as well. You know, our lives are super busy with marriage and working jobs and paying bills, and now we've added a baby to the mix, and our schedules are cram-packed. But I promise you, my wife will testify to this, I can find time to go fishing. I can find time to go play golf. I can find time to go hang out with my buddies if that's what I want to do because people ultimately will make time to do the things that they want to do. Where does Jesus fit in? In my life, in Ashley's life, in your life, where does Jesus fit into that mix? Is Jesus somebody that we will make time to spend time with? Is it that important to us that other people know him? Is the gospel that important to us to take it out to the world around us that we will make time within our schedules to go out and carry the message of hope to the people around us? And so one thing we've learned is is ultimately we will still make time to do the things that we want to do no matter how busy our lives are. So what are you making time for in your life? One thing that I've learned as far as time management is the importance of 
check in your time. And um, one of the ways you can do that is, Trey's like said this before, do a time inventory. Like where where is your time being spent? Where is it being focused? And so <clears throat> I've done really detailed ones and then I've done really broad ones. So um, one event that I was at had us write down every month, January through December, and each month write one main event that we were looking forward to that month. And then at the end, they were like, how many of them were related to church events and how many of them were a vacation or this or that. And so that was kind of like, okay, one of my months was a church-related thing. So where's my heart here? And then um, Trey had us do a time inventory a while back where we were as detailed as every hour of the day of every day of the week. And um, we, you know, put how many hours estimated sleep, how many hours estimated work, how many hours estimated spending time in the Word, how many hours estimated for Wednesday night service. And you realize how many hours were blank that weren't really intentionally supposed to be spent on a specific thing. So, like, what are you filling those hours with? Was it aimlessly scrolling on Facebook for 30 minutes, or was it cleaning your house, or was it, you know, going shopping or whatever? So, time inventory can really open your eyes to where you're at and where your time is going. You know, a lot of you, if you're curious about how much time do you really have available, to you, I think a good indicator of that would be your screen time report uh, that shows up on a weekly basis uh, because that can be a major indicator of how much time we do actually have on our hands that aren't necessarily spent on anything productive. Uh, but one last thing we want to leave you with, something that we've learned, is that if you don't manage your time, time will manage you. Uh, so many people have their lives steered by their schedule. And it just dominates every aspect of their life. And so the fact is, if you don't learn how to manage your time, then time will ultimately become something that manages you to where your life is dictated by your schedule instead of you yourself dictating what your schedule is. And this is something that we found to, to be very real, to be very applicable within our lives. And one thing that I've talked about with you guys before, and one thing that we try to do with our family is, you know, as far as scheduled time goes, as far as calendar, as far as planning goes, my, my wife, she is a huge planner. Uh, she gets kind of weirdly excited at Christmas time over the thought of getting a new planner uh, for the year. And so I know a lot of you are like that. You like your big planners. You like to have a, a, a calendar that you write out all your stuff on. And I've got a desk calendar in my office that I like to write things on myself. You know, I'm not as serious about planning as some people are, but I do like to know what's ahead in the future. And the way we kind of apply this to our lives is that we try to form our schedule in a way that allows us to flourish. So you form so that you can flourish. And that's a good practical step to take so that you end up managing your time instead of your time managing you. So said a little differently, I had a lady in my life that told me a while back, um, if you don't tell your money where to go, your money's still going to go somewhere. And if you don't tell your time where to go, it's still going to go somewhere. So she just really like hit me with the importance of you are in control of your time and your schedule and you get to budget where it goes and how it's spent and whether it's wasted or whether it's intentional. So, you know, if you're, if you don't manage your time, your time will manage you. And if you don't tell it where to go, it's going to go somewhere regardless. So you want to be really really intentional with it. So how did Jesus manage his time when he was here on the earth? And I don't think a lot of us don't necessarily realize this, but Jesus lived as busy of a lifestyle as anybody. 
and I want to show you what exactly, just one, one little snapshot of a day in the everyday life of Jesus looked like. And it comes out of Luke chapter 4. And I'm going to start reading in verse 31 and read several verses here. But just listen to the whole account. It says, And when he went down to Capernaum, a city of Galilee, and he was teaching them on the Sabbath, and they were astonished at his teaching, for his word possessed authority. And in the synagogue there was a man who had the spirit of an unclean demon, and he cried out with a loud voice, Ha! What have you to do with us, Jesus of Nazareth? Have you come to destroy us? I know who you are, the Holy One of God. But Jesus rebuked him, saying, Be silent and come out of him. When the demon had thrown him down in their midst, he came out of him, having done him no harm. And they were all amazed and said to one another, What is this word? For with authority and power he commands the unclean spirits, and they come out. And reports about him went out into every place in the surrounding region. And he arose and left the synagogue and entered Simon's house. Now Simon's mother-in-law was ill with a high fever, and they appealed to him on her behalf. And he stood over her and rebuked the fever, and it left her. And immediately she rose and began to serve them. Now when the sun was setting, all those who had any who were sick with various diseases brought them to him, and he laid his hands on every one of them and healed them. And demons also came out of many, crying, You are the Son of God. But he rebuked them and would not allow them to speak, because they knew that he was the Christ. And when it was day, he departed and went into a desolate place. And the people sought him and came to him and would have kept him from leaving them. But he said to them, I must preach the good news of the kingdom of God to the other towns as well, for I was sent for this purpose. So in the course of one day, we see Jesus teaching on the Sabbath, which typically in those times, you guys think like an hour-long service today is a pretty extensive service. Well, back in those days when Jesus would begin teaching on the Sabbath, he would start that morning, and oftentimes it would last until midday, if not early afternoon. While he was there, he healed a demon-possessed man that was in attendance that morning. After the service was over, he went to Simon's or he went to Peter's house and healed his sick mother-in-law. Once word spread about that, all the people in the town who were either sick or had sick friends, had sick family members, began to bring them to Peter's house so that Jesus could heal them. And so if you didn't catch this detail in Scripture it shows us that Jesus stayed up all night long healing people. He didn't just heal a few before bedtime that night. He stayed up the entirety of the night healing those people. And even the next morning, as the sun is coming up, he finally brings his healing session to a close. He tries to sneak away from the people. It says that he, re he withdrew to a desolate place. And as he was leaving, they saw him and they began to track him down again, wanting him to continue to do more on their behalf. So if you think your schedule is busy, when was the last time you pulled a straight 24-hour shift? I mean, Jesus, from the moment he woke up on one day, he spent the entirety of that day doing ministry, healing people, loving on people. His lifestyle, his schedule was as busy as anybody's. And there were a few things that Jesus made time for that I think we make time for, and it's important for us to make time for as well. And the first is labor time. Jesus set aside time to work. Matthew chapter 9 verses 36 through 38 says, when he saw the crowds, he had compassion for them because they were harassed and helpless like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray earnestly to the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. 
Jesus understood that there was a specific time throughout the day that we work. And the same is true in our lives as well. You know, many of us are sitting at home uh, during this time. A lot of us maybe don't have a job to go to. Right now, the temptation uh, can be to become lazy uh, during this time. Jesus understood the importance and the value of work. Work is to be a part of our lives. I know it's not necessarily a fun part, but labor has to be a part of our lives. There should be a time each and every day, aside from the Sabbath, aside from Sunday, when Jesus said that we should rest, that we should be working. We should be going out and, and earning a living, but even more so than that, we should be going out and winning lost souls. We should be going out and sharing the gospel with those around us. Jesus also set aside time to rest. And so we have labor time and then we have rest time. Matthew, or excuse me, Mark chapter 4, verses 36 through 38 says this, And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was, and other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat, so that the boat was already filling. But he, being Jesus, was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. So Jesus stood, understood that there was a time to work, but he also understood that there was a time to rest. So there has to be rest time that goes into our lives as well. Not so much that we become lazy, but enough that we get what we need. And God set this as an example for us during creation when he took the seventh day and he rested uh, because he knew that we would need it. And Jesus ultimately in his humanity needed to rest as well. He was tired and we should be. After we work hard, we should be tired. So there should be time for us to rest also, but Jesus also set aside time to spend with his disciples. So there should be relational time that works into our lives as well. Mark chapter 3 verse 7 says that Jesus withdrew with his disciples to the sea. So as busy as Jesus was, he made sure to take time to spend with his disciples, uh, to spend with those people that he was close to, to spend with his brothers in Christ that he was mentoring, that he was discipling. And the same should be true for us. We should take time and spend it relationally with others. Have to spend it with brothers and sisters in Christ, to spend time with those that we should be discipling in our lives as well. As busy as things are, we have to take time and be relational with those that God has put within our lives so that iron has the opportunity to sharpen iron, uh, to have conversations about the things that God is doing in our lives. You need to be making relational time available within your schedule. And then one last thing is personal time. Uh, Jesus set aside time for himself and time to spend with his father. In Mark chapter 1, verse 35, it says, Rising very early in the morning while it was still dark, he departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. Uh, you have got to set aside personal time to take, not just for yourself, uh, to get away from the craziness of life, which is important, but to spend time in the Word, you know, to spend time with the Father, to have an opportunity to quiet your soul so that he can speak into it, so that he can fill you and give you what you need for that day. And it's a very difficult thing to do with our schedules and as busy as they are. But like I said earlier, we'll always make time for the things that we want to make time for. And we should want to make personal time available within our schedules to spend it with our Savior, to spend it with our God, to have Him fill our lives with what we need for that day. You know, it's interesting. I realize after looking at these references that all but one came from the book of Mark. But Mark had a peculiar affinity for time, I think. In the New Testament, you would find just short of 60 different times that the word immediately is used. 
48 of those occurrences happened within the Gospel of Mark. Mark had some kind of weird, strange, peculiar affinity for time. And I think it's because he understood that the worst thing that we can do with time is wasted. I'm going to be reading Ecclesiastes 3, 1 through 8. For everything there is a season, and a time for every matter under heaven, a time to be born and a time to die, a time to plant and a time to pluck up what is planted, a time to kill and a time to heal, a time to break down and a time to build up, a time to weep and a time to laugh, a time to mourn and a time to dance, a time to cast away stones and a time to gather stones together, a time to embrace and a time to refrain from embracing, a time to seek and a time to lose, a time to keep and a time to cast away, a time to tear and a time to sow, a time to keep silence and a time to speak, a time to love and a time to hate, a time for war and a time for peace. So there's a time for everything. It's just us. It's just up to us to decide how we manage it. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this time uh, that you have given us to gather around your word. And I pray that as it's gone out, Father, that it's found fertile soil upon our lives. And admittedly, we could all be better time managers. So I pray that you would help us in this area of our life, God, to manage our time in a better way, to take advantage of the opportunities that you have placed in front of us in this season that we're in because each one is so short-lived. And once that opportunity is gone, once that time has passed, we can't get it back. So, God, we want to be faithful servants. We want to be good stewards of the time that you have given us to make much of you while we're here on the earth. And, God, we don't know how much more time we might have left. And so we want to do the most that we can with what you have given us. And, God, I pray for those that are watching uh, as they come across this video or if they hear it on the podcast God, I pray that it would just strike a nerve in their lives, and that we would be, be more diligent, God, to be good stewards, to be good time managers, and we'll be selfish, God, with our time in and of ourselves, so we need help from your spirit, God, to be unselfish with our time, and to give our time to you, and ask you to fill our schedules, God, instead of us selfishly filling them with things that we desire to do, or things that we want to do, God, what is it that you want us spending our time in? We pray that you would make those things known for us. And we thank you, God, for giving us an example of how we do need to be spending our time. And I pray that we would make it a, a purpose in our life, God, to be busy at work and to rest when we need to, but not become lazy. And God, to be relational with the people around us and spend time with them and to set aside time each and every day to spend it with you ultimately, God. And as we move forward, I, I pray that you would just continue to strengthen us. I pray that you would continue to protect us and God, we do pray that this season, that this time of sickness would come to an end in our country and in our world, God. But in the midst of it, you would continue to do a great and mighty work amongst your church and amongst the world, God, that ultimately draws them unto you. And We thank you again for the salvation of Jesus. We thank you for the hope and the peace and the assurance that we have in him, God, during these situations, during these circumstances. And we look forward to the time where you can bring us back together and we can worship. God, when that opportunity comes, I pray that each and every one of us would be excited and expectant and anticipating taking advantage of that time. God, we love you. We praise you. And we ask these things in Christ's name. Amen. Hey, this is Trey Mitchell, College and Young Adult Pastor. I just wanted to say thank you for listening. 
It's our prayer that God uses these messages in a way that challenge and encourage you to live for His glory. If you've never placed your faith in Jesus as your Savior, we would love to help you with making that decision. Just reach out to us through our webpage at underwoodbaptist.org. Be sure to check back in with us next week as we again encounter God through His Word here at Life.